0: with what you hear that makes the difference. Praise the Lord. Amen. I feel a heaviness upon my spirit. I feel a burden upon my heart. I feel, I would have to say, a burden upon me that um, I'm going to preach to a few people tonight. I don't know you. You don't know me. yet I feel in the spirit God is reaching for somebody tonight, trying to help somebody. And I pray that you would not only hear the Word of God tonight, but that revelation would come to you. You know, it's one thing to have knowledge of the Word of God, but it's another thing to have revelation of the Word of God. For instance... Maybe some of you here tonight would know that a tomato is a fruit. Maybe some don't know that a tomato is a fruit, but it is. A tomato is a fruit. Knowledge tells you that a tomato is a fruit. Revelation tells you that you don't put tomatoes in fruit salad. Some people may, but I could show you a hammer tonight and you would say that that was a hammer. And it could be carpenter's hammer could be a claw hammer could be a ball peen hammer could be a finish hammer could be a drywall hammer could be a sledgehammer but to many folks here today it would just simply be a hammer that's knowledge but revelation and understanding tells you that you don't put trim up with a sledgehammer amen praise God It's one thing to know, Acts 2.38, and it's one thing to be able to quote Scripture after Scripture, but there's so many people that don't have the spirit of the Scripture. They don't have the revelation of the Scripture. They don't, amen, they have knowledge, but they don't have understanding, and we need a spirit of revelation to come and to impart unto us, amen, that spirit of the Word of God to us so that we may be able to understand it and know that God is talking to us and not just speaking Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's ask the Lord to help us here tonight. Father, we love you and we give you praise and glory today for all that you have done. And pray, God, that you would help us here tonight. Your power and your spirit would prevail amongst us and upon us, God. And Lord, my feeble lips of clay to preach, God, to speak your word. And Lord, in all of our ears to hear what thus saith the word of God. Ears to hear and a heart to receive it, O Lord Jesus. We must receive the word of God. We need that word today, Lord. Move In this place, O God, and we'll be quick to give you the glory and the honor and the praise. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. God bless you, and you may be seated. Let me move quickly tonight. I understand that... Uh, Much of what we hear is how we hear it and uh, I never cease to be amazed telling a few or just at least one uh, pastoral secret here tonight and uh, never cease to be amazed at what some people can get out of the message that I preach and it just keeps me humble before the Lord and causes me to understand that I'm not good as I think that I am. And uh, actually, I don't believe that I'm any good. And I feel the least in the God's kingdom. But I many times walk away scratching my head thinking to myself, How in the world did they ever get that out of that message? And, and when perusing my notes and going back and looking at things, I would just have to say the obvious thing is, is they just didn't listen. And maybe they was listening to something else, but i don't think that they were listening to me and uh, but anyways um, i i I look through the Bible and I see several instances uh, of of the same word preached, but it was different uh, reception acts two and thirty seven Peter had just pretty much scalded their dog and uh, telling him that this same Jesus whom you crucified and And he just went on to let them really, really have it. And the Bible said that when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. And they said unto them, to the rest of the the apostles, men and brethren, what must we do? You flip over just about five chapters, and you get down there towards the end of the chapter. I think it's about verse 63, somewhere in there. And you will see that Stephen has preached basically the exact same message that Peter preached. And then that verse is very close to being verbatim of the way that Acts 2.37 started, but it changes. And it said, and when they heard that, they were cut to the heart and began to gnash upon Stephen with their teeth. They heard the same message but it was how they heard it that affected their spirit. The unique thing about this that I see in there is that in Acts chapter number 2, they were pricked in their heart. And in Acts chapter number 5, the Bible said that they were cut to the heart. Or Acts 7 said they were cut to the heart. Amen. They did not allow the, this word of God, this precious word of God, to penetrate their hearts. Amen. And we must allow this word of God to get down into our hearts. Praise the Lord. You don't know your own heart. I said you don't know your own heart. Amen. The Bible said he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. And the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And who can know it? Praise God. Hallelujah. You're going to have to let the Lord help you. But the Bible teaches us that it is the Word of God that is able to discern the thoughts and the intent of the heart. You don't even know the intent of your heart. Praise God. Amen. Don't don't be making foolish statements such as... If I ever got out of church, I would never do this, and I would never go there, and I would never go this far. Amen. I'm telling you tonight that more than likely that's exactly what you would do because that's why you're talking about it. Amen. If you've got to tell yourself that you would never go that far into the world, it's because there's something that's there, amen, pricking and drawing and amen, enticing you to that element of the world. Praise God. Praise God. I I I want to 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 go and and move through Uh, the book of James chapter number 1 and began reading there at verse number 12 and just slowly just uh, break this down a little bit for you tonight before I uh, dive off into this. But the Bible said, blessed is the man. We all want to be blessed. But he said, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. You're going to be tempted at some point in time. The Bible said, For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. Amen. Much of the temptation that we face and fight today is simply due to us. Amen. It's our fault. Amen. Putting yourself in the position to be tempted in that way. Praise God. That's why we as Christians, the Most High God, amen. Some of you may be former alcoholics. You don't walk into the bar and order a milk. Praise God. You don't say, I can do this. I can can make this. Amen. I'm strong enough to do this. The Bible said that every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. You're not going to be drawn away by my lust. You're going to be drawn away by your own lust and enticed. And then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, it bringeth forth Death, praise God, and uh, uh, the Bible goes on to talk about. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Amen. We we need to remember just a few verses before this that uh, the Bible tells us that God cannot be tempted, neither doth He tempt Him uh, any man. And so, in the points and the times of temptation, it would be easy to say uh, that God hath hath put this before you, and that maybe if God God really loved me then why did he allow me to face this if God really cared about me then why am I going through this amen but uh, Paul or James says here do not err my beloved brethren amen the, uh, the enemy of your soul wants to turn your temptation around and, and get you to fault God and point at God and amen and accuse God for putting you in that place it, it's your fault that you're in that place He goes on to say every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning of His own will. He begat us, God, begat us of His own will. With uh, the word of truth, we are begotten by the word of God that we should know, or that we should be a a kind of first fruits of His. creatures for wherefore my beloved brethren let every man be swift to hear let every man be slow to speak let every man be slow to wrath for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God I want to remind you that we're talking about the tempted man we're talking about the blessed man that would endure temptation that would go through temptation when you are in your temptation make sure that you are Amen. man swift to hear everybody say swift to hear we need to be swift to hear. We need to be slow to speak. Amen. You know, the Bible teaches us to study, to be quiet. Amen. Some people just don't get the concept. Got to be running their mouth. Amen. And how many times do they finally, how does it take before they finally figure out? My mouth gets me in a whole lot of trouble. Amen. And so he said, let the tempted man that is enduring this temptation, the blessed man... Let him be slow to speak. And let him be slow to wrath. You don't need to be flying off at the handle of every little thing. It's not of God. It's not right. It's not righteousness. Praise the Lord. He goes on. He said, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness. Lay apart all uh, naughtiness or super perfuity of naughtiness and receive with meekness amen he's given some pointers here amen to the the saint that's going to make it to the one that's in temptation that's going to come through all of this he said there's some things that you're going to have to do number one you're going to have to be slow to speak amen number two you're going to have to be swift to hear you're going to have to be slow to wrath and you're going to have to lay aside some things. Don't tell me that all of this is just a method, amen, of faith. As James goes on later to say, he said, show me your faith without your works, amen. The bottom line is, you can't do it, amen. There's no way that you can show forth your faith without works, but he said, I will show you my faith by my works, and faith without works is dead, and so uh, we'll see your face uh, or your faith uh, when you become uh, uh, when you become uh, swift to hear uh, when you are slow to speak uh, and when you are uh, slow to wrath uh, and when you begin to lay aside all uh, superfluity of naughtiness and all filthiness uh, and when you begin to receive with meekness uh, I'm telling you it is very important how you receive what is given unto you The Bible said that we are begotten by the word, by the word of God. Amen, the word of truth. He has begotten us. And he goes on to say, uh, be doers of the word of God. Let me me go back here just a little bit and say, he received with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. Save your soul from what? The moment of temptation. Amen, the moment of strife. Amen, The, 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 the battle that you are in. And though it goes on to say, But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. You're not going to deceive me. You're not going to deceive your pastor. You're not going to deceive your neighbor. You're not going to deceive the brothers. You're not going to deceive the sisters. You're going to deceive yourself when you are nothing but a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word of God. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer of the word, he is like a man beholding his natural face in a mirror. And when he begins to look into that mirror, the Bible said that he goes his way and straightway forgets what manner he was, what manner of man that he was. You look into the mirror, you see the flaws, you see the imperfections. Amen. How can you do that? Because God's word exposes it. And when you are exposed, Pose, up. I'm telling you a mirror don't lie and when you look into the mirror of God's word and you see the the, the, the weaknesses you see the flaws and you see uh, those things in your life you just stick the mirror back away and you go on about your business doing your own thing and not taking care of these things but the Bible said but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty we need to get a revelation today that this is the perfect law of liberty. It's not the perfect law of bondage. It's not the perfect law of thou well, shalt not and thou can't and thou can't. Can. Amen, all this. But the Bible said you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. He that looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. The Bible said, said, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And if any among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, you don't know how to be slow to speak. The Bible said you deceive your own heart and that your religion is in vain. He goes on to say, pure religion, undefiled before God. And the Father is this, to ride unto the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself, amen, unspotted from this world. I'm here to tell you tonight that each and every one of us have heard enough preaching to save the entire world. I was born and raised in a Pentecostal church. I remember sitting in Amen under the second pew and playing with the uh, uh, with with the bottom of the pew and drawing on the bottom of the pew, not with crayons or anything, but just make believe. Amen. I remember Amen ladies shouting and stomping all around us. I remember messages that was preached back then. Amen. Praise God. I've preached enough messages. I've heard enough messages to save a whole lot of people. And you've heard enough messages to save a whole lot of people. You come to church and hear preaching Sunday morning and Sunday night. You hear preaching on Thursday night. You may hear preaching in between. But yet we are in still such a mess. It's not because there is a lack of preaching. It's because of what people are doing with what they hear preached. We're not changing our message. We're still preaching the same thing that we preached 20 years ago, 50 years ago, still preaching the same thing that Peter preached in that day and time, but yet we're fighting a stronger spirit, we're fighting more immorality in the church, fighting bigger carnal devils in the church, fighting more problems within the church, it's not because the pulpit's not It's not because the pastor's not preaching. It's because the saints aren't doing something with what they hear. That's the problem. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight I want you to know you can preach with me or you can sit there but I plan on preaching until all of hell turns loose and heaven comes down amongst us I want the word of God to stir us we're living in the last days of time and the last thing that we've got time for is for a methodical church if you want a methodical church go to the Methodist but if you want an apostolic church plug in get a hold of something tune up your ears listen to the word of God and apply it to your life. You're old enough in the Holy Ghost. You don't need milk. You need the word of God to straighten you out. You need the word of God to get into your life. You need the word of God to interrupt your business. We don't need devils to feel comfortable uh, in the church. uh, But we need men of God to stand uh, and to preach. Uh, I'm telling you, they are standing. uh, And they are preaching. Uh, It's what we're doing with it in the pew. Uh, It's time to apply it. Uh, It's time to get a hold of it. uh, And it's time to change our lives. God has always used what we call the preacher-creature to reach his people. You're not going to be saved sitting at home. You're not going to be saved missing church. You're not going to be saved picking and choosing which services you're going to go to and which you're not going to go to. Amen. The Bible said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. But exhorting one another even so much the more as you see the day approaching, and we are living in the last days. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If I had to, I'd live at the church somehow, some way. Amen. I'd get on a pew. Amen. I'd stay at an altar. I'd do something because I don't want to be the last backslider before the trumpet sounds. I wonder how many more backsliders we're going to have before the trumpet sounds. I'm telling you, all you got to do is tune in just a little bit and you'll understand all the things that's going on in this world and all the things that's going on in America. God is getting ready to get a church out of here. And so, in the Old Testament, he had two different types of preachers. One was called the priest. And the priests were those. Amen. That, that represented. The people unto God. They were the ones that the people would bring their sacrifice to. And the priest would take the blood into that holy place. And, and sprinkle it. And would offer atonement for the people's sin. And he would come out and they would rejoice. Because he represented the people unto God. But there was another man that wasn't so popular most of the time and he was called the prophet. And the prophet the prophet represented the people, amen, represented God unto the people. And so when God had a word for the people, he got a hold of the prophet and he sent the prophet down there to talk to the people. I want you to know that the greatest message The greatest love message that you'll ever hear in your entire life is a message of repentance. When God would move upon the prophet to call his people and tell them if they would turn from their wicked ways and come back to him. And if they would fall on their face and repent, that he would heal their land and he would save their souls. Amen. If God didn't love them, he would let them just continue on. If God didn't love them, he would not just give them over to their enemy, but he would allow their enemy to destroy them. And if God didn't love you, he wouldn't send a prophet by your way to preach to you. If God didn't love you, amen, he would let you be lost. If God didn't love you, he had never reached for you. he just let you sit there and grow cold on a Pentecostal pew and backslide. he man knowing what it took to be saved. If God didn't love you, he wouldn't care about you and he'd just let you go on about your way. But the prophet represented God unto the people. And when the people wanted to know what God thought about it, they went to the prophet. He even went to Moses and they told Moses, Moses, you go before the Lord and you talk to God and whatsoever that God God would tell you to come tell us. You tell us and we will do what he tells us to do. I want you to get this. They was not just hearing what Moses was telling them to do. But they said we will do what God tells us to do. It's what you do with what you hear that's going to make a difference in your life. Don't tell me how bad that you're struggling and how much that you're fighting when you're not willing to let go of some, uh, you're not willing to let go of some things that are in your life. When the man of God steps to the desk and begins to prophesy, begins to preach unto you, and you hear it, and you decide that you're going to hold on to it, you decide that you're going to embrace it, you decide that you're not going to change, you decide that you're going to continue in the same old ways, I'm telling you, you're asking a spirit of hell to come to you, attach itself to you, and very soon you're going to believe a lie, and you're going to be lost. Now, the prophet wasn't too man wasn't too uh, uh, profitable in that time amen he wasn't too uh, popular in that time uh, amen and today the men of God that'll stand and sound a clear word of God uh, amen oftentimes they're not the ones that's too uh, popular in their day and time uh, amen just give me a preacher that'll tickle my ears praise the Lord let me go a step further in all of this I want you to know that your salvation is The grace of God uh, to you is directly tied in with your pastor. And today we don't necessarily have the priest and the prophet. We've got what they call the preacher or the pastor. Amen. And he alone represents the people unto God. And he represents God unto the people at the same time. And God has tied your salvation into your pastor. He hasn't tied your salvation into another pastor. He hasn't tied your salvation into somebody that you hear on the internet or somebody that you hear, amen, on Holy Ghost radio or something. God has tied your salvation into your pastor. I said God has tied your salvation into your pastor. If you want to hear from God, listen to your pastor preach. I'm telling you, you need to start turning off some other voices that are in your life. You need to turn off family members that are telling you what you ought to do and what you ought to go. You need to start turning them. God didn't send them to save your soul. He sent a man of God to save your soul. Aunt Susie and Uncle Joe ain't going to be the ones that's going to give you spiritual direction. Amen. If you don't believe that, look at Aunt Susie and Uncle Joe and see what kind of life that they're really living. Is that the way that you really want to live? I'm telling you, your grace is tied in with your man of God. Ephesians 4 and 7. But unto every one of us is given grace. Every one of us is given grace according to the gift of Christ. We already understand in James how he said that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And so he said that uh, your grace, that every, uh, every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he said that when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men. He's still talking about this grace that is coming unto us. In verse number 11, he said he begins to expose these gifts. He said, And I gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors. And teachers uh, for the perfecting uh, of the saints uh, and for the work of the ministry uh, for the edifying of the body of Christ. uh, Until we all, I'm telling you, you're gonna have to endure. uh, Amen. You're not you're gonna have to move on until, until, until. uh, In other words, it's not just a once and done thing. Uh, I don't care if you got the Holy Ghost 50 years ago. uh, The Bible said that uh, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, uh, but it is by He. and that washing of regeneration and by the renewing of the Holy Ghost you need to be renewed in the Holy Ghost you ought to be renewed how often? Paul said day by day he said that though the outward man would perish the inward man is renewed day by day it's not good to go days without talking in tongues, it's not good to go days without praying through it's not good to go days and to go services and just come. And sit there and feel comfortable and not connect and get in tune with the Spirit of God. Amen. You got to endure some things until we all come unto the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statute of the fullness of God. Get this He said that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. Amen. How is that gonna happen. It's by your gift. Grace is gonna come to you. And when grace comes to you, you're gonna have to do something with it so that you be no longer tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine and by the slight of men. Hey, we got some stuff going on over here. You ought to come check it out. I'm telling you it's the slight of men that some of these things are going on. But it's a man of God that's gonna give you grace to be able to see some things. He's the one on the wall. You're not the one on the wall. He's the one on the wall. And he's the one that's going to tell you yay or nay. He's going to tell you it's good or it's bad. You're going to have to listen. And when you listen, your life is going to calm down. You're not going to be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. You're not going to be carried about by every wind of doctrine. But you're going to be established by planted and rooted in the church of the living God. That you henceforth, amen, be no more children. That you're affected by the slight of men or you're affected by cunning craftiness whereby they lay in wait to deceive The preacher, the preacher, the man of God is going to keep you from these things if you'll do something about what you hear. You're going to have to do something about what you're hearing if you're going to change. I know a man that he wanted to tell his pastor who he was going to listen to, where he was going to go. You know, this is the way that it is in, in our church, and, and, and you do whatever the way that it is in this church. But in our church, I just tell them straight up, if I don't post it on a bulletin board, and if I don't announce it over the pulpit, then the answer is obviously no. The answer is no. And you know what else I tell them? And you don't need to know why. You know why you don't need to know why? Because if I tell you why, most people wouldn't be able to take it because you're just a saint. You wouldn't be able to shoulder the burden of why. You shouldn't listen to that individual. I, I just, this is just the way we do it at home. I just tell them, you don't need to be listening to Holy Ghost Radio. Here's why. I'll be a little transparent. Here's why. Because there are a lot of men that's on that Holy Ghost Radio that because I love the church that I pastor, I love the people, I wouldn't let them step a foot behind the desk and preach to those people because I know who they are. I know what they are. I know the false doctrine that they embrace. I know the false doctrine that they preach. I know that they're not ethical. I know that they're liars. And I wouldn't let them behind the pulpit of our church to preach to our precious people that are there. So why Would I approve them to listen to them on a radio somewhere? You got to understand there's more that's going on than just somebody telling you something, there is a spirit that comes in and causes confusion because it doesn't line up with the, with the desk that's in, amen, the, 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 the holy desk that is in your church. It doesn't correlate and parallel with the message that your man of God is preaching. And you know what that does? It brings confusion in your life. And the Bible said that God is not the author of confusion. I still believe there's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one God, there's one message. There's one message. I said, There's one message. Everything else is false. Paul said, If any man come unto you preaching anything other than what I have preached to you, let him be accursed. Let him be accursed. I said, let him be cursed. He said, don't just sit him down and pat him on the back and say, try again next time. He said, let him be cursed. Well, Gloria, I didn't mean to say all of that. You believe you're saved by grace? We are. We're saved by grace through faith. Through faith. Through faith in what? The word that we hear. Noah found grace on the eyes of the Lord. And he could have sat on a pew, I mean a, a chair, and sat down comfortably with his hands in his pockets and smiled and said, Oh, but I found grace, and so I'm going to be saved. And he would have died lost just like everybody else died lost. Grace told him what to do. Because you can't be just a hearer of the word of God. You've got to be a doer of the word of God. He had to build an ark. And when he built an ark, that's what saved him. And so your grace is tied to your man of God. And your man of God is going to come to you. And your man of God is going to tell you, Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And your man of God is going to tell you, without holiness no man shall see the Lord. And your man of God is going to teach to you doctrine. And he's going to put good things in you so that you can be saved. Amen. And just like I heard old elder Ellie Westberg say one time, he said, I'm going to preach to you everything that's in the Bible and a lot of things that should have been in the Bible. I'm telling you sometimes your man of God is going to preach to you things that may should have been put in the Bible. And it's not that he's adding to the word of God. It's that he stands on the, the, the wall and he sees things that's going on and because of the, the current distress that's in the world, he's going to make some decisions that he may not be able to give you book, chapter, and verse and say right here, God said, thou shalt not do this. And your grace is tied in with the man of God. You're not going to get grace any other way. You can't look at your man of God and and begin to think, Well, that's just his opinion. Uh, I'll tell you the way that it really should be. I stood up one time and I said, Look, I'm just going to tell you what I do. I don't have this, okay? I'm not going to stand up here and make it command and rule and mandate for this church at this point, even though I reserve the right at any other point to do it. But I'm just going to tell you what I do. And I don't do this. I had a person walk up to me and tell me after the service, Pastor, if you don't do it, that's good enough for me. I won't do it either. Hey, that ought to be a revelation to us to understand some things in our life. Our grace is tied in with our man of God you're not going to get it any other way. Your grace is tied in with the man of God. And the man of God's got a mandate from God. He is to preach the word. He is to be instant in season and out of season. And yes, he is to rebuke at times. And yes, he is to reprove at times. And yes, he is to exhort at times. And Paul said, to rebuke him openly before all. He meant so that all may fear. He may stand some up and rebuke him openly at times. That's his man date before God. Why? Because God said, listen here, men of God, the sword is going to come. And you are going to be the one that's going to make the difference here. you got to stand up. And you got to warn the people and tell them, the sword is coming. And if they hear you and prepare themselves, then everything is going to be fine. But if you sound the warning and they don't do anything, then the way that it's going to be is their blood is going To be at their hands, but if you don't preach it, if you don't sound the warning, I want you to know, man of God, the sword is still going to come. So, you know what? I want my man of God to do, I want him to preach. I want him to preach every cobweb out of my life. I want him to preach until I tremble and shake. I want him to preach until the hair on the back of my neck stands up. I want him to preach until all of heaven, amen, all of heaven and all of hell looks level. I want him to preach, amen, until everything in my life is turned loose. If he's got to get in my face, I want him to get in my face, man, I saw a preacher one time run down to a young man who had fallen asleep on a pew, and he was preaching. He grabbed that young man and he shook him and he said hey boy wake up I'm preaching right now I want you to know I would rather a preacher come and do that I'd rather a preacher get a hold of me and say hey son you need to listen you need to line up Amen. Then to course my way down to a hell and be lost forever I want my men of God to preach unto me until every devil in hell has turned loose pastor preach those devils off of me pastor preach carnality off of me Me, preach lethargy off of me, pastor. Preach, 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 preach. Preach, Tell me what I gotta do to be saved. I'll just tell you what I feel right now. There's some of you that say, Yeah, 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 that's what I want. I want my pastor to preach. I want him to tell me what I need to do to be saved. You want him to tell you what you need to do, but you're not willing to obey what you need to do. If he came down and told you what you needed to do, it'd make you mad. What about being slow to wrath? What about being slow to speak? No, you wouldn't be slow to speak. You'd get mad, and before you got out of the parking lot, you'd be, amen, devouring the preacher in front of your children. And then you wonder why your children, when they're grown up, have problems with the preacher. Hey, honey, I'm going to tell you what happened. You taught them, and you did a great job, but you did them such a disservice to the kingdom of God. Don't ever let your children hear you talking about a man of God. Lord to speak. Well, glory. Hallelujah. Amen. You don't own the pe- the preacher. You don't own the pastor. Amen. God takes care of it. I'll quit paying my tithe. You're robbing God, not the pastor. I'll go somewhere else. You're robbing God, not the pastor. You're robbing God. You're a thief. You're not going to be saved. And I'll just tell it to you like this. If God puts you in this church, you're not going to be saved by going somewhere else until you get this man, amen, to transfer that leadership. Why? Because you're gonna be over there in rebellion. Can rebellion be saved? No. Rebellion is there's the sin of witchcraft. You might as well go get a Ouija board and start practicing. Get you some tarot cards and start reading. Open yourself up, a man, a business called psychic. Because that's what's happening when you're rebellious. Hey, I want the blessings of the man of God. The man of God is the most precious thing in my entire life. Why? Because he's my connection between earth and heaven. And he's going to make the difference of heaven and hell in my life. I was preaching a revival one time got down the altar and was praying with a young man who was was facing temptation fighting through temptation struggling trying to do what was right Pastor Rig and I got down there and I began to lay hands on him and I began to pray for him the Holy Ghost moved and I started to remove my hand from his head And instantly he reached up and grabbed my hand and held it to his head. And he said, please don't stop until every devil turns loose. And he he started praying. And I started praying. And he started talking in tongues, but he held my hand there. He wouldn't let it go. And I began to rebuke spirits. I began to rebuke things that was coming against him. And he began to weep and began to cry. He began to talk in tongues, but he wouldn't let my hand go. And finally, after an extended period of time, he let my hand go and lifted his hands towards heaven. And God helped him through all of that. I'm here to tell you tonight that the preacher has got a command of God to preach to you, not just to make you feel good, but to tell you, hey, the sword is coming your way. I, I, I find something that is, that is unique in Scripture. The layout of Scripture. And what we have here is Ezekiel being spoken to by the Lord. And the Lord says, son of man, if I tell you that the sword is coming to the land, you must tell them. Because the sword is going to come. And if you tell them and they don't do anything about it, then the blood is on Their hands. But if you don't tell them, and the sword is still coming, the blood's going to be on your hand. So son of man, what did he say? He said, stand up and warn my people and tell them some things. That's Ezekiel 33. A few, few chapters later, we see the Spirit of the Lord catch Ezekiel up and takes him and sets him on a place that he can look down into this valley that was full of dry bones. And he said, son of man, what do you see? He said, I see a valley full of dry bones. Yea, they are very dry bones. He said, can these bones live? He said, thou knowest, O God. And the Lord said, all right, here's what I want you to do to them. I want you to speak unto them. And I want you to say, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now when you hear the word of God, there ought to be a miracle that transpires in you. Because dry bone began to come to dry bone. And sinew and flesh begin to overlay the bone. When you hear the word of God, if your spirit is right, there ought to be a miracle that happens in that. But the Lord didn't tell Ezekiel, prophesy to these bones and say, Oh, ye great and godly people. Oh, ye wonderful and spirited in heart. He said, I want you to call them exactly what they are. Why why do you get upset when the preacher calls you what you are? He needs to call you what you are. You know why? Because if I don't call you what you are, that old spirit can just lay dormant in your life. And you're not affected. But as soon as the man of God calls you what you are, You can harden your heart as they did to Stephen or you can allow the word of God to prick your heart and change you. Oh ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And they did. And bone came to bone. And the Bible said that there stood before Ezekiel a mighty, a great and a mighty army. Not a bunch of recruits. Not a bunch of could bees Not a bunch of Possibilities. He said there stood before Ezekiel a great and a mighty army. So, how did that great and mighty army become just a valley full of bones? I'm going to tell you how they became a valley full of bones. 33 of Ezekiel, a man of God didn't stand on the wall, or the watchman didn't stand on the wall and say, Hey, we need to get prepared, the enemy is coming. But the sword came and caught him unaware. Because you don't just destroy a great and a mighty army. But the watchman either failed to see or failed to sound. And now it's over. Now there is the man of God comes back to him and speaks to them. And now we have a great and a mighty army. I'm getting ready to close, but... I want to talk to you about two individuals real quick. Two separate instances. We see one individual, the man of God, came to him and knocked on his door and began to tell him a story. There was a rich man that had a lot of sheep. There was a poor man that had just one. And the rich man had some family or some friend that come to see him and he went to the poor man and he killed his lamb and took it what should be done to the man david and david looked and began to give curses that was worse than even what the law said that man should die that's not what the law said and the man should repay back fourfold Nathan just looked at him and said, You're the man. And the man of God looks deep into your eyes. You're the man. At a time when people offered sacrifices, bulls and bullocks, blood shed. David saw into a spiritual world and fell on his knees and repented. He said, oh, forgive me. I repent of my sin. And The man of God looked at him and he said, David, you'll live, but you're still going to pay for your sin. Thank God the man of God showed up. Because if the man of God wouldn't have showed up in David's life, that spirit would have never been confronted. His whole life story would have been different. And we would not be reading about David, a man who sought after God's own heart. But there's another man that heard the voice of the prophet I want you to go down to the land of Amalek and I want you to utterly destroy the Amalekites. And he went down, he heard it, and he partially did what he was told to do. I'm going to do it, but not with my whole heart. I'm going to obey part of it, and the rest of it I'm not going to obey because I don't feel it's necessary. We find another part where Saul was waiting on the man of God to show up, and because that the man of God didn't show up when he thought that he ought to show up, he began to offer sacrifices himself. And then the man of God shows up and said, Saul, what are you doing? His spirit rose up. You see, when the man of God confronts you, your true spirit is going to rise up. What do you mean, what I'm doing? I'm offering sacrifice. Because if you would have been here when you were supposed to be here, we'd already be past this. But we waited on you. Now I'm doing it because you weren't here. Samuel said, Saul, obedience is better than sacrifice. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. He spoke to Saul, he told Saul, the man of God. I look at David as a king and I look at Saul as a king. And my mind begins to question and I say these words, what can you tell a king? Because they rule and they reign. I look at each and every one of you here tonight and I say, you are a king. You rule and you reign your life. You're here tonight because you decided that you were going to come. You do what you do because you decided. You are the king of your life. And what can you tell a king? Absolutely nothing. If he doesn't want to hear it. there came a day in Saul's life when he wanted to hear the preacher one more time. He had been banished. He had been put out. But he wanted to hear the preacher one more time. And he disguised himself. And he went to the witch. He said, I'm going to tell you a name and I want you to bring this person up to me. Which said, I don't know about this. You know what Saul has said. Don't worry about Saul. I'll never go tell him. You've got my word. I will never tell him. The witch could not discern that that was Saul. Who is it that you would have me to bring up? Samuel, I want the man of God to come talk to me. So she brought forth spirit. And friend, when the man of God stepped on the scene, All of Saul's disguises disappeared. You may come with a smile on your face. You may come with sleeves to the tip of your fingers. Dresses that drag the ground. Godly manly haircuts. Suit and ties. But when a God called anointed man. Steps on the scene. All the disguises are gone. And you disguise it by clapping and smiling. I've seen them disguise it by running an aisle. But when the word of God says preach. Disguises vanish. Because God loves you. But this time, Saul wanted to hear what the man of God has to say as we stand here tonight. And He humbled himself this time before the man of God. He never possessed that spirit before. He was always brazen, always confronting the man of God. But this time when his life was a wreck, He humbled himself before the man of God. Please talk to me. You've got to help me, man of God. You've got to help me. Speak to me. Help me. And Samuel did. But it wasn't what Saul wanted to hear. I feel this in the Holy Ghost tonight. I feel a hardened spirit. I feel a, I'm my own king spirit. I feel a, I'm going to do what I want to do spirit. And I'm still going to come to this church, but I'm going to do what I want to do spirit. Today, I am come to you. And I am telling you in the Holy Ghost, there is a sword coming to your life. There is a sword coming to your life. And it's time for you to humble yourself. Submit yourself to your man of God. Make things right. Line up. And be a good saint of God. Because the desire of God is for this church to progress and grow. And the goodly saints of God desire revival. And your spirit is stopping it and hindering it. And people are looking around wondering why can't we have it? God's going to show them why they can't have it. Because there's a sword that's coming. And you've got a few days to make it right. You've got a few days to humble yourself. You've got a few days to get on your knees. And to pray your spirit through. And to make it right with your man of God. And to yoke up with him. Or otherwise the sword is going to come. And it's going to devour your land. It's going to devour your home. It's going to devour your children. It's going to devour your family. It's what you do with what you hear that's going to make the difference so what do I do it's time to come to an altar it's time to pray it's time to make things right it's time to get your spirit right you've been hiding your spirit for such a long time you've been hiding your spirit under disguise of your godly dress Hiding your spirit and your attitude. Reason that you can hide your spirit so well. It's simply because you leave so quickly. When the service is over. You need to pray through. You need to find an altar. You need to get a hold of God. And you need to pray until that spirit comes off of you. You hear me child of God. If I could preach this spirit off of you, I would give it my very best. I've done all that I can do tonight. And that's simply, I have preached the word of God to you. You're going to have to be the doer of the word.